0: Hi there. I'm Joe Dudek, president and founder of Keyhole Marketing.
1: And I'm Shannon Jarrick. I work for Keyhole as the assistant brand manager.
0: And this is Metaphorically Speaking, a podcast that explores the mysterious side of marketing.
1: Thank you for joining us on this episode of Metaphorically Speaking. It is going to be a little bit of a unique one today, and that's because our world is just in a unique state. Um, We can't actually sit and meet with entrepreneurs to talk to them face-to-face due to this COVID-19 pandemic or coronavirus situation that we're all dealing with right now.
0: Yeah, the world is pretty much shut down right now. We're we're all stuck indoors. Shannon's calling in from st louis i'm in colorado springs and
1: maintaining our six feet distance
0: yes definitely six <laughs> feet apart times five thousand or whatever that <laughs> is. i have no idea um but yeah it's been obviously an odd time and things happened so quickly since our last interview mm-hmm. um and we were we met with true north chiropractic and at that point we could still <laughs> sit in the same podcast studio and sit two feet apart and have a conversation but um obviously we're all stuck indoors but we thought there's still got to be a way to continue to share some content. We've been doing these interviews with entrepreneurs for four or five years. And so we thought, let's just go into the, the vault and pull mm-hmm. out some of those conversations. Um, and this one, this was from four and a half years ago with Scott Harrison of charity water. Um, they're a group out of New York that helps build wells in developing countries. And he's got such a unique such an amazing story I heard about it uh, I don't know five or six years ago at a HubSpot conference and super fascinating um, you said
1: you were kind of fanboying over him <laughs> oh no
0: doubt I think it was the same event where Seth Godin was so like that whole oh
1: gosh you'll be a mess <laughs> he just had
0: a smile it was either crying or smiling the entire time I had no idea um no, it's such a great story, and I had already worked with their group for a couple of years by then. I I, w- I would run, raise some money through my photography business every fall for Charity Water, and so I would loved their story. I loved like what they were behind. They're such a progressive nonprofit. His mm-hmm. whole mission was really, you know, how do we turn the nonprofit world upside down and and be more transparent about. Where your funds are going, how much, and they give a hundred percent of everything that they raise um, from donors, mm-hmm. and they, you know, raise their other back end costs from from other from other resources. But um, yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty cool setup. And he doesn't go into a lot of his own personal story in this conversation. Um, he's got a great book out actually that I've read called Thirst, that he really goes into his, you know, background, how he was raised, and he goes into such detail of. He, I mean, he was a club promoter in New York City, he had a lot of great connections with celebrities and was living just a crazy lifestyle um, that he eventually got worn out by and said, so, like, there's just got to be more to this life than getting drunk and wasted every night.
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just wasn't feeling fulfilled or satisfied by that anymore. Exactly.
0: Yeah, I just felt like, how do I use these connections for good? So mm-hmm. started this charity group and... Um, Yeah, it just has a great story. It's been, it was fun to talk to him and hear more about this. And I thought, especially for this topic, uh, like where we are today as, as a society, a global society, you know, we're all super concerned, super sensitive to sanitation and keeping things clean. And, you know,
1: And that's like what defines charity water.
0: <laughs> yeah. Are they, I mean, he even says like a stat in the interview of, I think it's 56% of all diseases are in the developing worlds are related to water and sanitation issues. And, you know, that's kind of what we're dealing with today. I and mean, it's just mm-hmm. kind of new to us in the U S of like constantly being, what are we putting a mask on and what are we touching and what are we cleaning and who are we around and how, how close are we to them? And, you know, just this concern of sanitation is, is, Kind of new to us but it's not new to developing countries and they've been doing a lot to bring you know fresh water clean water helping developing countries know how to um you know keep things clean and um know just give themselves better health through through those types of things so um i don't know certainly applicable to, to our world and even though this interview is four and a half years ago it just seems like very much the world we're, we're in today
1: so So we hope you guys enjoy listening to it and we look forward to the time that we can actually sit down and interview people in person again
0: for sure thanks so much joe how's it going scott doing well how are you doing good
2: man where are you in the world
0: indianapolis area just north actually carmel
2: indianapolis yeah my dad was born there really i've never been he lived there, and he was either born in Cincinnati and raised in Indianapolis, or born in Indianapolis and raised in Cincinnati. Yeah. I should know that, but it, it was many, many years
0: ago. Oh yeah, exactly, yeah five yeah. years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know how much longer we'll be here. we We. I grew up in the northern part of the state, and uh, my wife grew up in the southern part of the state. But we're talking more and more about Colorado, so we'll see if that.
2: Really.
0: I, yeah. That's beautiful out there. Would yeah, my brother. Would you do a city or? Would you know, we were just out there last week. My brother lives up in Breckenridge area, Dillon, Colorado. And so we did – we were in Denver for a couple of days for a wedding. Then we did a little roaming through the, through the um, like, uh, foothills and then up in the mountains. And we were trying to have that – we had the same kind of questions. Like, do we have to have be close to a city? Are we good with sort of being in a small town, Indiana? Or, I'm sorry, small town, uh, U.S.? So – we're still trying to figure out that out. We're trying to, you know, basically just like, just wait to see where God's telling us to go and when he should go. Because I think most of our life was kind of like just, we make our own plans and we do our own stuff. So now we're trying to be much, much more like just, just wait for the, wait for the indications we're supposed to do something. So that's
2: great. Where, where do you
0: work? I have my own businesses. I have a photography business that I started a few years ago and I have a content marketing business I started a couple of years ago. So two, two businesses keep me pretty, pretty busy, but, uh exactly yeah we'll figure it out yeah so well thanks for the time today i really appreciate it of course
2: man i'm all yours
0: you know i think about the water crisis and i think about this like huge ginormous beast of a problem and i'm just was curious like how do you how do you not get overwhelmed by that how do you sort of get up every day and like go okay this is worth running after and it's it's attainable it's something we can actually conquer versus like oh this is too overwhelming why do we even spend our time
2: yeah um I think spending so much time over there uh, in the, the countries where we work and the communities that have been helped over the last nine years um, at a pretty good cadence has just really, you know, kept me hopeful. Um, I mean, I've had these moments where you'll realize how profound the change of clean water, uh, what change it's brought to a village, what change it's brought to an individual life and I've had these moments saying, well, I would have worked all of these years for this one person hmm. or this one family or this one village. Yeah. And, you know, if we look back now in nine years, it's 17,000 villages and 5.5 million people. Um, and, and, you know, we can fill up stadiums and it's now more than small states. Um, so I, I think it's, it was funny, this is a little off topic maybe, but yeah. you know that stupid starfish story that everybody talks about? Yeah. yeah, like the guy, the kid throwing the starfish in, and um, I heard an interesting take on that last week. I was at Catalyst, and I can't remember who was talking about this, but someone was saying that the thing that always pissed them off about that story uh, was that the guy was alone.
0: <laughs>
2: and if there had been a hundred people out there throwing starfish, there'd be no starfish.
0: Mm, yeah.
2: And it was just that, uh, so I think that's that's what we've tried to do with the org over the last nine years, is yeah, it started out with my story and the impact I could make, and you know, I've done a couple birthdays and yeah. you know, I'm just one person telling a story. But now, uh, you know, almost a million people have added their story to the Charity Water story. And, yeah. you know, you've got six-year-old girls out there in Vancouver selling lemonade. Yeah. You've got uh, 78-year-olds giving up their birthday. You've got guys in Afghanistan writing haikus. <laughs> you have meditation communities in Australia. People climbing mountains, skydiving, yeah. uh, sailing, walking across America. So we've really tried to kind of make it very invitational, turn it into a platform and say, well, this is my story. I was a you know, prodigal club kid uh, that was given a chance to go in, and see extreme poverty in West Africa. And, and this was my response to it. Yeah. But what's, what could you bring to this? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then just give people a, a place in the platform to do that. So I think I'm also an optimist and, and, you know, the, the world is getting better. Uh, uh the glasses have full. You know, I really focus on the people that were able to help and not the, you know, the enormity of the problem. Yeah. Um, which, which really is true. I mean, we're, cl- we're coming up on 6 million people served of 600 million. Right. So, you know, a decade of my life to solve 1% of the problem, uh, you know, you could argue is, uh, we've made a very small dent, but I know in the lives of six million people, it's made a profound difference. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I mean, some, some of those people were walking eight hours every single day in the hot sun, uh, giving their children water that would eventually kill them. I mean, literally just playing Russian roulette with disease water every day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Being able to give a woman eight hours back in her day give her water that's clean that she knows is not going to injure her children. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to put a price on
0: that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I find like, so I've been doing, I think this is my fourth year doing some campaigns is using the photography business to kind of create some awareness. And mm-hmm. f- first, before I say that, like I wanted to thank you for your donation to the campaign. That was awesome. Oh, totally, cool. totally right. unexpected. And you, you made a comment about like, Way to blow away the goal. Well, actually the goal on that was so super like attainable. I intentionally did it like 350 bucks, knowing I'd have that like in a day and a half because I really kind of got overwhelmed this year with the sense of like, maybe I was driving too much towards the goal and not like celebrating every dollar that somebody was giving. Cause I yeah. felt like I got so consumed with that. Like we've got to reach this and that's got to be the thing. And if we don't, then we're, we're, it's kind of a waste. And I kept, I was thinking, you know, I don't, in fact, I haven't even mentioned to anybody throughout the whole thing, like how much money has been raised if I have mentioned it, it's been you know how many lives have been changed versus the dollars because I really wanted to focus more on like your one dollar is awesome. Like let's let's celebrate yeah. that a little bit. So that's a side tangent. I just wanted to thank you so much for your donation towards it. Um, You're what?
2: And thank you for doing four. Oh man. Uh, I, it, it, you know there is something about staying power. You know I, I thought about it this year. I'm like oh I'm gonna do another campaign. <laughs> I think it was my seventh or eighth. Yeah. Uh, and you know, each year there's, there's another impact. There's more people to reach. There's brand new people to get involved. Yeah. Uh, so, you yeah. know, I'm glad I do it every year.
0: Yeah. You know, that's the fun thing is I'll, I'll find somebody who maybe didn't donate this year, but they started their own campaign. And I'm like, that's awesome. Like yeah. if you don't ever give to mine, let, let you get inspired. And even if it's not to charity water, like just to get inspired to just do some life change. I think that's, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, I heard your story a couple of years ago at HubSpot um, in Boston. And got a chance to hear, like, I didn't know your backstory. I didn't know, like you mentioned right now, your club promoter experience. And I was curious, like, I don't know, as you look back. So I do these like columns for interviewing entrepreneurs, like why they started their business. I'm interested in that, like storyline of where their life turned, like the plot twist that happened in their life. Like they were going down one path and then they said, Hey, I should start this business and do it this way. And so I was curious, you know, when I heard that part of your story about being, doing the club promotion stuff and you just said, hey man, I got what am I doing for widows and orphans and I, I need to make this change. Um, I was curious though, as you look back on life, do you feel like those, do you struggle with those years of life? Do you like, do you feel like those are, do they weigh heavy on you? Like those are wasted years or are they sort of like, it was necessary to get to where you are?
2: I mean, I, I sometimes I think, just very pragmatically you know had i started earlier we probably would have gotten a lot more people clean water Mm. uh but maybe i would have started at all (laughs) yeah so i I think that i really focused on uh how i've been able to really redeem some of the things that i learned over that decade Uh, i was storytelling i was promoting i was promoting something very decadent uh you know the, the story i was telling was you know come into our club Get wasted, spend lots of money on booze, and your life has meaning, <laughs> and you're a good person. Yeah, uh, you know, sit with the pretty girls and, and boys, and you know you're you've arrived. Mm. So you know, I, I've obviously got pretty good at that over the years, and and you know, creating these environments that people would want to be a part of. Uh, that just ended with a lot of really drunk, sloppy people at the end of the night, right? And and a lot of money in the register. So being able to promote something. Very different, something redemptive, something wholesome, you know, the something simple. The idea of clean water for for everybody uh, has been really exciting and building on some of those strengths. And you know, even I remember our first couple water projects were sold to nightclub owners. Oh wow! People that used to come in and and spend money at our clubs. Yeah. So that was even cool. Taking some of those same people that were. Yeah, they were buying the booze and saying, look, you can help people get clean water. Mm-hmm. So I don't really li- lament it that much. Uh, I'm, I'm glad I started when I did. Sure, I could have started earlier, but at least, you know, had a foundation for promoting, for storytelling, for creating environments. Yeah. Uh, trying to inspire people.
0: I had one question related to what you were just talking about. Like, you know, you're starting up your seventh campaign and... I think one thing I was struggling with this year, this is my fourth one. And I had that same kind of struggle to get energized around it a little bit. And I felt like, you know, I feel like maybe in a, in a privileged society that we live in, it's hard to like be reminded of how much, how much we're given. And there's, there's like a guilt associated with that sometimes. And like, how do you associate like, or how do you process that? Like not feeling maybe guilty for the stuff we've been given, but maybe feeling like using that feeling to, to, Push you to, to, to greater things. Yeah.
2: Um, I mean, I think a lot about it at Whole Foods. <laughs> mm. You know, just the, 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 the contrast of, I mean, spending a week in the Sahel desert of Niger where it's 120 degrees and it's so hot I literally can't. Everybody just goes under trees and yeah. checks out for a few hours and you look around and nothing grows. Um, and you know, if, if the community was... If the people were living on a dollar a day, you have no idea where the dollar would come from. Yeah. Um, to, you know, to eleven ninety nine craft beer. You know? <laughs> and, right. Uh, for a single
0: bottle. You know?
2: right. it's, exactly. It's good cheese and, you know, fish on sale. And, I mean, I, I do draw those comparisons at some point. I think, look, we... You know, my wife and I have tried to be you know, really generous. We've tried to be... Um, we try to just give a lot mm. um i'd say we give you know 20 percent of our income at least every year so i think there's a sense of just as long as we keep the money going out and we're both on non-profit salaries and right. um we're, we're not wealthy by any stretch of the imagination especially in the world that we're uh, we're surrounded by but in in those terms we really are wealthy yeah. you know we're, we're not worried about where food's going to come from you know when my kid gets sick uh you know, I have a $50 copay and I can take him to the hospital. Yeah. So I think there's there's a lifestyle of gratitude um, and then just trying to make sure that we're constantly just saying yes to giving mm. as people are asking. Yeah. Uh, and then we're looking for opportunities to, you know, give to a local homeless shelter or give to a friend's birthday campaign or give to another organization. Uh, we love supporting the overheads, uh, even in small ways of other organizations.
0: Yeah, yeah. What are what are the things that kind of stand out when you think about okay, I'm going to give to this organization? What what are some of the things that you look for? You, you think about your donors who give to charity water, and right. you're thinking like, how do we inspire them? Or what what?
2: Yeah, it's so different because I could care less about the efficiency of an organization, really. <laughs> for for someone who's like built a yeah, uh, you know, we're all about fiscal transparency and and efficiency and getting the most out of dollars. I just care about people, really. Mm-hmm. So I I want to give to. Uh, to support uh, a social entrepreneur mm. or someone who started a charity because they they believe passionately in the cause, so I'm not looking at their nine nineties before I'm gonna write a you know five hundred or thousand dollar check. Yeah, uh, I I want to encourage them with a the gift. I want them to be able to to do more work. Yeah. Uh, I, I hope they're efficient. I hope they're being good stewards of the money, but that's not where I start. It really starts from a place of just I love what you're doing. You know, here's mm-hmm. hundred bucks. Here's five hundred bucks. Here's a thousand. Whatever we can give. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and by the way, use this to pay for the stuff that nobody else wants to pay for because we believe in you. Mm-hmm. If you need to go buy a new copier if you need toner, if you need to pay your phone bills. I would rather that my money goes for that. I don't I don't need a kid at an orphanage writing me letters every month. You know, that's an easy <laughs> right. So, uh, you know, go sell that uh, that idea to someone who who doesn't trust you, and who doesn't you know, want to serve mission in that same way.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, you feel the pain of the overhead costs and you can you can relate to that for sure. I'm
2: not a charity skeptic. You know, yeah. I'm not a – i am not think, you know, uh, less money needs to be locked up in bank accounts and 401ks and, you know, uh, balance sheets and more money needs to be unlocked so it can actually be put to good.
0: One last question, just more of a personal thing. You know, it's been fun to watch. You and I met, like, for five seconds in, in your office earlier this summer. My, we dropped, Lindsay and I brought Quinn in there. We were visiting New York and visited Kate. And um, I know you're a dad now. Like, how has, how I've changed a lot personally, I think, as a person being a dad. Like, how has fatherhood changed you as a person in one and also, like, business owner? What are some things you've seen? I think with
2: respect to the work. You know, I've always seen parents react in a more visceral way, I think, than than I did even, you know, to some of these images of kids drinking dirty water. Just that thought of, hey, what if that was all you had? Like, what if you had to give brown, viscous water with leeches to your child? Yeah. Um, when you sub in your child for that child, it's it, it's a deeper, more visceral, shocking, uh, horrific response. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you only want the best for your kids. You want to protect them. You know, you, you you want to make sure you do everything you can to keep them healthy, to keep them from, you know, falling. My my kid is terrible at this. Every day, okay. I come home, he has a different black and blue mark on a different part of his forehead. Yep. Because he just runs and then bangs into things. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think it's 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 made me look at the work, um, you know, from the eyes of a father, uh, or or a mother, you know, or a family just living with no options. Um, but to basically serve up their kid potential death yeah. every day. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's you're, da- you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. You can't not give your kid water, and if you give your kid water from the swamp, there's a good chance they die of diarrhea. Mm. Uh, Fifty-six percent uh, of all of the disease throughout the developing world—fifty-six percent—all all water and sanitation related. Mm. So you know, there's a slew of, of stuff that can kill um, I think. Yeah. You know, I uh, I'm working a little less hard, to be quite honest. I'm spending more time at home. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, you know, it's been a very long, uh, almost a decade, so nine years of, of charity water, and uh, I'm 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 around, I'm present. You know, we moved really close to the office. I'm I'm nine minutes away uh, by walk, so he's in here uh, at the new office uh, a lot, and yeah. I get to see a lot of him. So I, I just. I'm really enjoying it. It's, it's a blast. It's oh. way more fun than I thought it would be. I know. I know. Kids are, kids are awesome.
0: Yeah. He's how old now? How old is he?
2: He's uh, 14 months this week.
0: Okay. Yeah. He just, Quinn just turned two Saturday. So we're, it's, it's amazing. I mean, yeah, that from one to two, like so much changed in him personally. Like it's amazing when you'll get to two year old and you're like, man, he's so different than he was at one year old. I'm not talking from like fast experience. He's obviously the only one we have, but, uh, and he's so funny too. And you know, the things he asks and already and the, and the just things he does. are just hilarious. And,
2: you know, yeah. And I, you know, I can't wait to be walking in the woods, you know, at five and seven and camping out and, you know, chasing bears and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Are you, are you outdoors? Like that's your, even though you're living uh, in the city,
2: I, I, I am. I mean, it's tough living in the city, but yeah, yeah we'll go up to the Catskills on weekends, yeah. uh, you know, rent a little cabin or something or stay with friends. That's kind of where, uh, I, I prefer being in nature. Mm, yeah, um, And I'm a, I'm a woods and mountains guy over, over the beach.
0: Yeah, so am I. <laughs> which puts us at odds sometimes. My wife and me, she's definitely more of a beach person. But, you know, I'll get burnt. But my wife
2: doesn't
0: like to hike. Oh, uh, okay, so I'm,
2: yeah. I'm always, I'm always trying to entice her, you know, with some destination at the end of the hike. But she's not <laughs> hiking, And I love
0: it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I really appreciate the time, Scott. I don't want to hold what you up from sad. your day. And, uh,
2: uh, I, did you see our, you saw our new
0: your your old office. Yeah, I've been to your old office okay, a couple times. Time yeah, you were just you were just relocating. That was Quinn's first uh take in of New York, so that was kind of exciting to watch him. He's just so wide-eyed and just taking in all the sights and sounds. So.
2: Awesome.
0: Cool. Thanks so much again, Scott. And cool, man, God bless
2: and uh, uh, love to your family. Thanks, thanks so much. The next time you're
0: here. I appreciate it. We'll do. You've been listening to metaphorically speaking. If you've enjoyed this episode, please rate us on iTunes and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. For more information and to check out our full library of entrepreneurial interviews, visit keyholemarketing.us. Also, feel free to send us an email anytime at hi at Thank you for listening.